Gyro Nation Metal. Welcome back to Gyro Nation Metal. My name is Jeff and I'll be your host. Ruins of Perception is a new brutal deathcore outfit out of Germany, releasing their debut album Shinigami in just a few days from when this episode airs. Shinigami is thematically based in Japanese folklore, telling of the titular gods of death who invite humans into death and the afterlife. Today, I am fortunate enough to be able to speak with guitarist and songwriter Max Gelbe. Max, it's good to meet you. Welcome and thank you. Yeah, it's good to meet you. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, first first audience in something abroad. So I'm really happy to, yeah, to have some time with you here. Oh, cool. Well, I'm honored that I'm the first uh, international podcaster. Yeah, <laughs> super cool. So you guys, um, before we get into the band and stuff like that, I yeah. can't find anything about you guys yeah. um, on the internet. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, when, where did you grow up? When did you get into metal? Well, that's, that's a hard question. Um, so uh, for now, we're a four-piece band. And I think every member of us has his own little story how he gets into metal. Uh, I think uh, particularly everyone uh, depends on his childhood. Uh, for myself, um, I get contact uh, with metal with uh, a good friend of mine. So uh, back in the days where I'm a child, I used to play tabletop. Maybe you know what it is, something like uh, Dungeons and Dragons with some some figures, some fantasy, nerdy stuff like that. And in that, uh, yeah, in that shops, uh, there was a lot of metal, and <laughs> that was the first contact, I guess, I, I made with the metal. And I think the same procedure as every as every uh, new metalhead discovering some new music with YouTube, for example, and I'm clicking around and after that, I'm here. <laughs> started with, I think started with, with Disturbed or something like that, Disturbed, Slipknot and Go. And then the main, the main band for me, and always uh, one of my favorite bands of all time, uh, Children of Bottom, mm -hmm. that was, that was my, my favorite band. Alex Ilayo, also rest in peace. I love this dude. Able to see him uh, two times. Really happy about that. And yeah, for our, our members, I think, or other members, I think it's it's quite the same through their parents or through fan uh, friends. Yeah. So we get metal. Was metal pretty big in Germany around that time, or? Mm. Difficult, I think. Um, there was a big, or there, there was, there is a big scene, but uh, this time at school, like it's, it's, I'm like, like uh, I think on every other country, wearing black, and yeah, we are, we are something others. No hip hop, no, no pop. So we want to um, to push the others away and stand for us alone and being unique. So mm. yeah. It's it's, it's uh, kind of like an identification and finds uh, someone else. But in the community, in the metal community, uh, there was yeah, what do you call it? Um, uh, I, I need to I need to check this word. <laughs> <Let me. laughs> no problem at all. It's, ah, so hard. It's ah, okay. Uh, a lot, a lot. Uh, I think it is. 
stick together. Yeah, sticking together. We are all sticking together in, in one big community and support each other's and accept each other's. And that was a thing that I really like about that. And even if you are start uh, to to join the community, you recognize, oh my God, there, there are a lot yeah. of people. And it's bands different musical First genres voice. too it's or sorry metal genres it's not just like a death community and then like a black community. it's it's everything yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly but i think uh times uh, have changed a lot because you get a lot of um a lot of genre shit talk and there are a lot of uh of sub genres and a lot of uh of, of subgroups in this big community i think that's an important thing uh, thing we could talk a lot about because um, some some uh, some people think they're light elitists or something like that. We don't like that. But that's that's not cool. But it is what it is. I think you'll find that in basically any community, music, um, art, anything. Yeah, sure. Um, one thing I did want to ask is because uh, there was a collapse of the Berlin Wall in 1989. There, um, when you were growing up, did you? feel any of the effects of the collapse or, or the problems before then? <laughs> this is so, I, I overslept, uh, overslept the, the change to the, to the twenties. <laughs> I was too young. <laughs> Never don't recognize it. I was, I was five, mm -hmm. five years old was with, uh, with my parents. Uh, we call it here Schwarzwald. Okay. Um, was a, a hotel resort and <laughs> They put me to sleep. Shame on them. <laughs> don't. <laughs> so bad. And uh, I don't. I think don't. Uh, nothing changed. Actually, nothing changed for me. Uh, but for now, I, I'm a teacher. Yeah. And when I got students, they are born after the 20s. Interesting. But yeah, interesting. It's, it's kind of weird because I, I don't know what it is, but some jokes or something like that or some uh, some memories back in the past they don't get it yeah i don't know why but it's only a few years but they don't get it no <laughs> i mean it's hard to understand and and comprehend when you're not around for the actual event yeah so you said you're a teacher what do you teach and what age group yeah uh, i'm a music teacher at a music school <laughs> well not guitar <laughs> I, I play accordion. That's very interesting. I've never met a single person who's played. Yeah, accordion. <laughs> yeah. That was that was my that was my first that was my first instrument. Yeah. that I've learned back in the days. I was uh, six okay. six years old, and my, my mom was searching an instrument for me because uh, she recognized. Oh, oh gosh, okay, some musical skills are are there because uh, we got here some um, what do you call it. Uh, school for children uh, with with a musical touch mm -hmm. and li like like childhood raising with with more music input and yeah they there they they recognized okay yeah he he needs to do something with music and after that he uh, she is touching something for me some instruments uh, violin was not a big thing for her because <laughs> Too, uh, he, uh, it's not too too muscle uh, too masculine in her eyes. Uh, a piano was a little bit too too big because uh, on that time we're living in a flat, mm -hmm. 
and I don't know why uh, she came up with accordion and yeah now I play it for 20 years and yeah really happy about it because it's a really rare instrument and yeah. do you still play it yeah sure. yeah nice I play it and, and I play it still and I play in the second band and there I'm the accordionist we make a uh, tango and yeah totally different than uh than deathcore totally, like totally different but I, I love it so much yeah so i got my classical music skills and i got uh the metal and uh, that's the thing i, I think every musician uh, needs something and things together just a little bit of diversity um, yeah for sure diversity is a, is a good word yeah was it difficult to learn yes, the uh, yeah <laughs> Uh, I think every instrument is difficult, but especially accordion, yes, because you you need uh, to have your two two hands, because you have uh, the discant, uh, uh, the piano, uh, the piano keys, and uh, your bass knobs, and you need to cross it like your brain needs to cross, because uh, very different uh, things to do. But uh, when you got it, like a click in your head and and it flows around. So after a couple of years, it felt really easy to me. And hmm. I, I begin studying accordion as my main subject, next to uh, piano and some uh, singing. Okay. On, uh, on, on university. And yeah, now I'm a music teacher for accordion at a music school. And next to this, I'm yeah, a normal teacher at uh, elementary school. What's the most music rewarding and, thing about teaching? The most okay. <laughs> oh, uh, it's it's kind of funny. Like the first look the uh, the children give me when I'm in class. <laughs> it's super funny because <laughs> I got a lot of tattoos and piercings and something like that. Yep. And uh, they like it, sure, because it's uh, it's something special and. I think they respect me really much. That's that's also a thing, and they know they could have a lot of fun with me, but they know where's the point uh, to stop. So that's really cool about look and with that I could I could uh, tell you a lot of awkward stories. <laughs> There's a lot of a lot happened. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. And how many kids are you in charge of generally at one time? Um, when I'm at music school, there is a private, the private lessons 101. Okay. And when I'm at real school for now, I'm working, uh, on, let me check. Uh, old, um, yeah, elementary, primary school, you know, elementary, primary school. Um, there are between 20 to 24. I don't know how you have the patience for all of them. What? I said, I don't know how you have the patience for all of them. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard, but in this job, I think you, you could, uh, you can't, you can't get, uh, you can't get your head to every, to everyone at the same time. So you need to focus on the whole class. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if, if somebody, uh, yeah, flipping around, so you need to pull, pull them together and that's it. But, uh, so I think uh, 
main in, in primary school is, is the fun and the fact that uh, they learn something with fun is uh, the most important thing. Yeah. And something that's useful. That know. Yeah, sure. Do you get an interesting reaction then when you pull out the accordion after they've seen what you look like? <laughs> uh, we got uh, some interesting walk-in days at music school. And for sure, uh, they're coming in, they go, okay, let's go modern. And they see me. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes, is it laughing or is it uh, some, some shocking, uh, some sh shocking views <laughs> on myself? <laughs> kind of funny. But, but after I play uh, some, some songs, they're fine. So then, okay, you could do this with this person. Kind of interesting. So yeah, in Germany, it's a big thing. Uh, we call it, we call it Schlager. Maybe you know this? No. No? Uh, some hard to describe. <laughs> it's, it's really special. Um, some, some really, I call it mainstream, uh, mainstream lines, like 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 cheap pop songs with really uh, I, I i don't like the uh lyrics of it but laugh in french yeah we are all together it's super cool and this uh some really a uh, poppy but uh, yeah so hard hard to describe you you need to to check out helene fischer <laughs> maybe you know her that's that's uh the face of schlager right here in germany um Genau. Uh, Florian Silbereisen und Helene Fischer, diese zwei Guys. Und Florian Silbereisen hat ein Akkordeon. Und everyone who comes in my class, oh, Florian Silbereisen, Akkordeon. Please no, don't connect me with these guys. Please, please, please don't. Because <lacht> I, uh, I play a lot of classical stuff on this instrument. It's really possible. Mm -hmm. um, from Tango to, to Bossa Nova uh, to some. Uh, Baroque or classical stuff like Bach or Beethoven or Mozart. Yeah, that's, that's things I enjoy really much about this instrument. Really big diversity and you could play nearly everything. So when did you start to get into like music theory? <laughs> it was at my, oh God, right before, uh, before studying, because we need uh, to do a test back uh, to to join the university and there was a big test uh, on music theory and two years before that i start uh, to practice and uh, to get some lessons in music theory and yeah, i'm really grateful about that because music theory is a really important thing i know that um and i recognize it in my new songwriting mm -hmm. I, i know a lot of a lot of people say ah, i don't need it and Uh, it's too difficult for me there it's it's like maths and i think when you uh, when you get in touch with it and and be able to uh, to have together and, and uh, put your head in this thing and allow it uh, to to overflow you overcome you then it's really nice and it's it's not it's not quite difficult If you uh, start to, to understand how it works, it's really cool. And it helps you a lot and makes your songs even more um, unique. Yeah. 
I like it very much. And so then you definitely uh, you translate some of those skills over to your sure, band, sure. And also, I uh, I I teach music theory at my university. Mm -hmm. There is some there is some uh, some classes. Uh, the first semester students I got in um, oh how we called it's a music theory just with the ear. You hear something, you could write it down or something like that. I play some some notes, and uh, they could track them like that and the connection of different uh, different accords and something like that yeah so you're training their ears to pick out certain things in the music yeah sure. okay what uh are there specific instruments that you listen for or is it just an overall um do you listen to everything in a specific song depends on the song that's fair <laughs> yeah yeah um i think i think i, I need it i need it very much uh, for school Mm -hmm. Because uh, when when a student or um, people come to me, yeah, I want to sing that song uh, next week in class, and there are no lead sheet in the internet, I, I need to hear it and to write it down. Um, so I put everything together, like the vocal chords or like the um, main melody on uh, like guitar or the piano or backing thing and yeah putting everything together to a lead sheet and so we could perform it in class and for sure when i write my own songs for ruins i think everyone uh, has his own inspirations and bands um that he listened to uh, he listened much to and at, at this point, uh, I, I try to to hear what they what they do in their songs, how the structure is, and what they do in the, the background. For example, I'm a very big Shadow of Intent fanboy, and mm. there are a lot of classical stuff in their music. So I'm really interested in what is going on in the back, like the the crazy piano, maybe, or the strings, the orchestrals. Yeah, and I try to to figure it out, to put it on paper and to understand it. So I could maybe do something different with the same structure in my songs. I'm a really big fan of it. Yeah. So for you, somebody who's trained to listen to certain things, um, it must be a lot easier for you to pick out stuff like classical influences in music. Yeah. And do you, can you tell the classical influences story with the different instruments? Um, Tough question, or is it just like an overall sound? That's a tough question. Um, that's that's deep, cause it, it's uh, it's about the instruments. I mean, when you go to uh, maybe Real of Sacrifice, they got some really old instruments like cembalos and something like that. They, they are a base back in the days to the classical times of Bach and something. Uh, when you got just simple piano melodies or some choir. Uh, it depends how you uh, how you write it, how you compose it. Because uh, there are some uh, how do you call it. There are some ways that it should sound back in the days, not poppy like uh, like Miley Cyrus or Co. Mm -hmm. Back in the days, like you know, okay, on on this sound and this scale you play, okay, it's Bach or it's Mozart. 
So you need to, I think, when you like to do this, you need to uh, listen a lot to those classical stuff, and then you recognize, ah, oh, okay, that is typical for uh, this period. Then you could pick it up. For example, the old Shadow of Intent albums, like um, uh, Heretic Prevails, uh, the main song, uh, they're there are a lot of of uh, typically classical uh, classically influences back in the days of baroque. Yeah. Hmm. Do you find yourself drawn to bands that have more of a classical influence? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Totally. Totally. That's I think that's the best thing right now. Deathcore uh, has got up to. I love these uh, these symphonic classical influences with a little blackened touch, like Lonachor, like Shadow of Intent, uh, like the new Warm Shepherd, like uh, Martha Cruelty, you know, our, our German homeboys. Yep. And yeah, all, all of them. Really, really cool and really, really unique. Yeah. Apart from those bands, who are some of your current favorites? <sighs> okay. Um, okay, 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 okay. That's hard. A lot of bands. Uh, I listen to nearly everything um i think in oh i need, I need to do it in subgenres <laughs> yeah in deathcore there there are a lot of bands uh i love till the grave great great guys uh shout out to dan evans uh, he will join on our album as well awesome. yeah awesome yeah he's, he's a really cool dude and <laughs> really fucked up boys i love this this gnarly this gnarly pigs he do yeah, um, to the grave. Um, of sacrifice is really cool. The, the new album is the shit. Super, super good. Um, Scientists swarm so fucking stupidly heavy. <laughs> uh, seen it, seen it the first time uh, with Dave in Berlin, and mind blown. Really, really cool. Um, then our uh, German friends of Acranius. Maybe you know him. That's uh, that's a slam band, and they really know the heat really really good some old school slam mix with some deathcore elements and it's pumping pumping really really good they bring out an album also uh, i think is it dropped when the episode is out i think yes end of february yeah okay definitely need to check these guys out acranius and well i think yeah shadow of intent for sure mm -hmm. and uh couple of days ago, uh, the new Enterprise Earth album was dropping, and holy shit, it's one, uh, it's one of the uh, tenets of the album of the year uh, 2K22 for me. Already? Totally, to already, totally in love with it. The songwriting is amazing. So uh, the guitarist of them, really, really, really good. Damn, that's... Every song is unique, and I love the, the, these guys. Vocals on point. Yeah, something something special about uh, his cleans. Also, uh, it's, mm. it's quite a thing in in uh, in deathcore uh, to put to put clean vocals in. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's my opinion. I don't like it too much, but in the whole album concept, it's okay. I think. So that's for deathcore. Well, if it's done well, it's done well. Sure, for sure. Yeah, done well. And um, Spirit Box uh, came up a big thing for me. Great, great uh, front woman. And 
Yeah, their their newest record is insane. Um, the the whole album has a piece. I love it. And <laughs> I'm I used to be back in the days and for now, uh, still now I'm a big fan of a BMTH. A shame of me, mm-hmm. but I, I love I love uh, the way they do their own thing. Some say it's sell out, but next to the you. When they play a song, when they drop in a song, you hear still it's Ollie and it's it's, it's BMTH and that's the thing I love it. I, I, I love about them. Um, it's, it's party music, and every time I uh, see, uh, see them and I saw them back in the days, it was cool. Yeah, these guys also and uh, God, I used to listen to a lot of metalcore back in the days, but kind of changed. What I'm listening to right now, some of the the old architect stuff. I'm not into the newer ones, but All Gods Have Abandoned Us is also one of my favorites. And I'm more into the yeah to, to the older versions of of metalcore. Because what's going on now, a lot of, of poppy stuff and I don't really like it because yeah, at some points they, I think that you could. I don't. I want to point one specific band, but uh, I think it's, it's it's they try not to do some some sell out things and to uh, <clears throat> like uh, we would uh, we want to sound like everyone could hear us and it's it's sound for the masses. It's it's not our unique sound anymore. It's something for everyone. And I think it's kind of different because I love uh, unique bands that uh, they're doing what they're doing and they sound like they sound and not to sound like something else. Like everyone tries to copy BMTH or uh, or some uh, big players of the game like like a Dead Remember or so on. Because, yeah, kind of mainstream. It seems like... At the same. It seems like being unique was something that was uh, celebrated in the past, but now everyone's kind of being a cookie cutter of each yeah, other. Yeah, sure. Well, not everybody. I don't see that so much in metal. Uh, what do you think? Um, for now, I think there are a lot of new bands coming. For example, in Germany, damn, there are so, so much underground bands that are growing up. And it's hard for me to... Uh, I don't want to judge anybody that uh, people are making music that I think that's my that's my subject and that's why people uh, feel free and uh, put their emotions in I love it so much but uh, the point is that everybody stands there and says, yeah that's my band we're so good we are so unique we are we are ready to uh, um, to put all of uh, all of us into it and you need to check us out. You never listened to something like that before. And I put it in my ear and yeah, they sound like this, 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 this. That's, that's really tough, especially in Germany. There are, I think, maybe 50 plus bands per year that are founded and they nearly sound the same. Like, um, like melodic metalcore, like post-hardcore, uh, like genty metalcore with 
cruel uh, with cruel hooks, a lot of clean singing and harsh uh, harsh vocals in uh, in the in the breakdown sections and something like that. And I think uh, it's I searched some bands that uh, yeah they're really unique. So I listen to them and think crazy. These guys deserve way much more attention, like not on a, a random Spotify playlist. So I listen to them and after they finished that track, I just forget about them because yeah, it's for me some music in the background. It's really cool, but nothing special, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so somebody who does music as a profession, who's learned about it for so long, is music an outlet for you as well? <laughs> yeah, uh, kind of. When I, when I start listening music now, I think I hear different things that, that a normal, the normal people listen. Because I really care about structure, about, uh, about vocals, about how, um, how the song is written, the composement. And <laughs> if there's something that's... I need to check. Yeah, uh, when there is uh, something that's uh, that's annoying annoying me, I could enjoy the song. <laughs> it's just really hard. Yeah, but also I maybe if I get drunk or something like that, I enjoy this uh, <laughs> this too. So no problem. But especially when I uh, get a song and. Maybe or or a frontman say you need to check this song out. It's so amazing. I hear uh, I hear it different. So, yeah, it was cool, but this 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 I would I would, I would have done it maybe a little bit different. But there are also songs I could listen to and just go out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now moving into uh, ruins of perception. I know we chatted yeah. briefly, and you said that. Uh, you guys rebranded from a band called Level Seven. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that was our I think our working name because I've, okay. joined, I've joined the band um, after after a concert. I boarded this plate in Berlin and mm -hmm. was there with a friend of mine, and uh, he contacted me with uh, our first guitarist. At this point. I uh, I just uh, started studying music in Potsdam, and yeah, never ever played guitar at this time, never ever. Mm -hmm. And he asked me, "Yeah, we need a second guitarist. This guy is good at music." Yeah, hello, here here I am, uh, but never played guitar before. And yeah, he talked to me and said, oh, "No problem, I could teach you. You could do it if you're good at music. So I think you could handle it." And at this point, it was a dream of mine uh, to become a guitarist for so long. I've mentioned Alexi Laiho before, and always wanted to play guitar. Always uh, just got something with keys, like piano or accordion, and always wanted to do something with strings. And that was, I think, that was the point, the game changer of my life at this evening. That I've decided, yeah, okay, I could, I could, yeah. Now I'm a guitarist and songwriter, so here I am. Yeah, and his band, there was a, a bassist also, 
So first of all, we were a three, three members, and his mm -hmm. working name was Level Seven. And after a lot of uh, member changing, we uh, we gonna search our our members, <clears throat> our uh, our drummer first of all. Back in the days, it was Jonas Briggs, <laughs> and after that, our uh, our bassist. Because uh, the other one uh, has left. That is Hagen, who's now our new vocalist. And after that, our first frontman, Adrian. And after, uh, yeah, we found together, finally uh, been able to do live shows. Uh, we need to find a name that is not so stupid like Level 7. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think Ruins of Perception is as stupid as Level 7, so no problem. Uh, yeah, well, basically, we're searching for a name. Yeah, that sounds like Metalcore. Okay, so let's put random cool-sounding words uh, together. <laughs> ruins is cool. Yeah, let's take Ruins. Okay, cool word. Ruins of. Ruins of hate? No. Ruins of... Uh, don't know. Perce yeah, Perception is a cool word. Make it, make it any sense? Yeah, we could we could figure something out. At this point, yeah, it's a cool sounding name that never existed before. What's wrong? Because there's when you when you Google Ruins of Perception or I put it on YouTube, they're a black metal band, I think. They got one song. There's and yeah, that's the story behind our stupid name. <laughs> and uh after we uh we changed it to Deathcore, we tried or oh, we think about it to change another another time, but there is so much happened under this name that we are proud of, and that's totally funny. And on this under this name, we uh, we become a real family, so we don't we don't want to change it anymore. So we're ruins of perception back in the days. We're ruins of perception nowadays, but totally different. But same brand, other music, you both music, yeah. And how did you guys uh, tend to focus on deathcore? What was did you guys have that discussion first, or did you just start playing? Yeah, uh, super cool question. Because uh, back in the days, uh, when we got uh, other members, or um, our our frontman Hagen. He was totally into into slam and into beatdown and deathcore. He's a tough guy out there, and he always wanted uh, to play this and love to to make fun around and go hard on shows and something like that. And he put the uh, the spotlight on this genre for me. Also, uh, our former drummer Jonas listened a lot to old school deathcore uh, of the MySpace era and also become uh, become a slam slam head and for me i was just uh, discovering more and more music because yeah back in the days i just know particularly metalcore like here uh taliban for some uh, <clears throat> for example or heaven shall burn buried tomorrow uh, parkway drive big impact on me mm. not the not the uh, the actual stuff like Horizons or uh, Deep Blue or Dark Days, these 
Death so it's called, yeah. So you weren't really familiar with Deathcore when you first started playing it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I love hard music mm -hmm. for now. Harder, better, yeah. <laughs> yes. More hard, more better, yeah. <laughs> and back in the I, I, I don't know it. I, uh, how could I know this? There's so much music, music on this planet and yeah start to discovering more especially the uh, the symphonic stuff I've mentioned before after i uh, i discovered for example shadow of intent mm -hmm. oh, new new chapter yeah and <clears throat> after we uh, changed our members and got a lineup lineup change also my my musical skills are getting better and better because I don't. I don't wanna uh, wanna talk bad about medical, but it's. It, I think it's more easier to play some basic medical riffs like like deathcore, and for this thing, yeah, it, it was good to start with medical because it's, yeah, like like a startup pack, I think. Even okay. if you if you new if you're new to guitar or to drums or to vocals, it's it's much more easier uh, to write to write some metalcore riffs. Uh, to uh, in comparison uh, to write deathcore, much more technical in my eyes, mm -hmm. and so that we, we all become more, more technical. And uh, I've started to listen deathcore much more and enjoy the the harsher things like brutal breakdowns or some some slams. And I need uh, to put this in, in my uh, my music. Where we started to think of and we don't fit anymore in this metalcore thing because at our live shows also we want some <laughs> some rude action we want some we want harsh pits we want crowd surfing we want crowd killing we love we love this energy so much and it fits not much into into metalcore for example in, Ge in germany too because when uh, here when you got some metalcore shows it's some some standing around and pushing a little bit and that's not our thing anymore yeah so we need um, some heavier stuff and after i wrote the first song of our new album things were said uh things things were said so think of and so now we drive the line to deathcore and so for you uh, playing Brutal Deathcore, what are some of the biggest differences between that and slam metal? Oh, okay. Um, there are a lot, of, there are a lot of, of slam bands that they're sounding the same. Like it's about the same dum, 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 Every song, every fucking song. <laughs> some, some, passages, some passages are cool and I love to put these parts into my songs but they're much more about about structure i talk a lot of structures i love it <laughs> sorry um like uh, some some spider riffs on the guitar uh, also catchy melodies i i love those uh those uh reference how we call it uh, uh yeah some some catchy choruses with uh, with tasty melodies, guitar solos, etc. There are a lot of uh, different options you could use uh, to make your songs unique and to to put your style into it. And 
yeah, for sure, that's one point that uh, that is missing much when you when you listen to slam dance. Okay. So I need some solos. I need some some uh, more unique structures, melodies for sure. Yeah. But also, I enjoy. I think two, two, three songs in a row. It's okay. I could listen to do it, but I think not a whole album, not one hour of just flying around. It's yeah. too much for me. I think I, I get a little bit tired. <laughs> every time, boom, 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 boom. My, my hand goes, <laughs> goes down when, when I do the slam at all time. In Germany, we have a, we have a festival. It's called uh, the Death Feast. Nice. And Death Feast, and there, there are a lot of, a lot of slam bands, a lot of slam and slamming death. Not much deathcore. I think uh, four or five deathcore bands, and the rest it's pure slam. This, uh, it's cool, but uh, after those three days, I need a break from that. <laughs> it's so much slam, so much, but it's really cool. Um, it's it's a really cheap festival. I think you pay uh, after uh, just uh, before Corona was hidden up. I think bucks for a festival ticket with three days and wow. 40 50 bands really really cool yeah yeah nothing to complain about there yeah sure so now with the- but what i what i what i what i need to say you know what i need to say uh, the the community of of slam there is a super nice super nice guys especially at those festivals some chilly dudes no no rowdy or cocky talking like in the medical scene they just came came around yeah i want to drink some beer let's make party and that's it so good i love those community also deathcore that's it's a big comparison when you go to deathcore or slam concerts especially underground uh, in comparison to some big metalcore acts and events the community is so different interesting yeah Especially in Germany, it's it's so hard. Like you you're talking about the difference in the crowds and the attitudes towards each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's strange. In in my experience, it's like um, every metal show I've been to, it's been nothing but love, and I love it. Like it's it's such a cool, supportive scene. It's very interesting to hear that that doesn't exist in metalcore, at least in Germany. Yeah, uh, it's it's uh, kind of tough here. So, best example uh, when you go. Uh, we uh, there was a there was a cool lineup back in the days uh, with ingested signs of the swarm distant and with a destruction super heavy lineup mm-hmm. and the crowd was was so cool I mean uh, <laughs> you could you could catch a spin kick in your face and after that uh, you hug each other and drink a beer together no problem <laughs> that's the way no problem <laughs> yeah that's the way you, you should go on we love it and. Uh, in, in metalcore, oh, that's not possible. When you start dancing a little bit harder, so three guys came, oh, yeah, no, no karate in the pit. I oh, don't, don't, don't like it, and so then, then don't, uh, don't put yourself in the pit. So yeah, exactly. Hard. Yeah. If you don't want to be in the pit, get the fuck out. Sure. Yeah, that's that's the point. Also, the point that we need to change from metalcore to deathcore. <laughs> That's because yeah, we love this crowd action. We love it so much. Yep. Yeah. That must be pretty cool getting on stage and having the um, 
the crowd respond to you and actually kind of support you that way. Best, yeah. best feeling ever. Yeah. yeah. As the main songwriter for Ruins of Perception, like what are you in charge of? <sighs> okay. Um, could you ask a little bit more, more specific? Yeah. Um, <laughs> are you in charge of the instruments and the vocals? Uh, okay. Uh, shame of me. I'm in charge uh, with everything. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I write everything. So at this point, um, especially after our uh, former lead singer and our former drummer left the band, and we are right uh, to hit the studio. After that, we were three, a three-piece band, two guitarists and our new vocalist, who was uh, the bassist. And before we continue, those um, the three members that you're talking yeah. about, like yourself and the other two, are those the two members that are on the promo pics that I see on your website? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. These okay. Cool. Three guys. Yeah. We've got Matthias, our our little. Beardy, beardy Gruntelbart, we call him. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, the second guitarist in our, in our wardrobe <laughs> with his big ears. Yeah, that's, that's our that's our front. Yeah, cool. Not totally happy about the change. He's he's a fucking beast. And when we got to, to the to the studio, I mean, I know he could do it because um, on his free time he used to do vocals for so long and I know because we get really close uh, for the years together and become really, really, really good friends. He's one of my best friends. And I know that he always wanted to be a singer and a frontman. So after our, our from a singer left the band, I asked him, it was first, uh, first thing I do, Hagen, so you know our uh, singer couldn't perform anymore. Would you like to do it? Yes. Would you? Yes. <laughs> so, and it was the, the best thing I think that could happen for us. Nothing against our, our former singer. He was a great person too. And we also have the contact to him. Uh, he joined us on our last uh, practice. And it was so good uh, to see him. And we talked a lot and we're still friends and we love him so much. So when you hear it, Bullet, we love you so, so much. Um, but uh, he say the same that it was the best thing for the band that uh, Hagen um, yeah become our new vocalist. But at this point, we are hitting the studio to go back to your question. Uh, he got no um, oh I'm missing the word One second. Ah yeah. Stupid experience, yeah. <laughs> um, he got now uh, no experience at studio and at tracking vocals and uh, write vocals, and uh, how you, he could use his voice over a full album. That uh, that you hear, okay, it's the same guy, it's the same range, and so I yeah need to to coach him a little bit. So uh, the vocals are fully produced of uh, of myself and our. Our studio engineer and also the lyrics so i wrote the whole lyrics for the album and uh yeah that was that was the first time that i wrote lyrics and it was a cool experience and i think it 
Yeah. Done, done really good. I'm, I'm proud of it. And yeah, and the instruments, yeah, I, I do it uh, for myself. Like every 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 song uh, on on ruins is, is written by by myself, and you definitely could hear the change when you go back to the older songs and now hear the newer songs. Uh, has to do something with my uh, theory theory skills that evolved a lot, and for sure my uh, my playing skills, my practice skills at guitar. And for sure, putting uh, those symphonic stuff into the music, like Shadow of Instruments or Lone Shore. How did you come up with a theme for this album? Like, it's all based in Japanese folklore. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, we are uh, a lot, a lot of us are being big uh, fans of anime and something like that. Um, I was going to ask that. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. Uh, Bleach is a very, very, very very cool, cool anime, and yeah. For the first album, we thought it would cool to be uh, to have some some concept, some big concept to put the songs under, and the Shinigami uh, theme. Yeah, it's something that allows us to to write a lot of different songs and. The I think the whole the whole topic, yeah, it's basically it's brutal because death angels, death gods, it's fitting perfectly for those for those uh, new change we got in our music, and that's it basically. Cool topic, cool topic, brutal topic. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's metal. So point. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's not over the top blood and gore, but it's definitely dark and violent. I yeah, think. exactly. And allows us to put to put uh, those so symphonic stuff more into it. I think, yeah, because also some atmospheric stuff. I'm also a big fan of this, and some some yeah some atmospheric music. That's that's the thing I like a, a lot. From somebody with your uh, background, mm -hmm. when you look at lyrics, I don't know how to ask this, but is it something that you find that the lyrics can reflect the music well and are there lyrics that don't work with a certain sound it, <laughs> does that make sense yeah, sure uh i put a lot of uh a lot of work in those lyrics because uh i think when you also when you when you listen to slam songs mm -hmm. at some point there are no lyrics they're just they're just uh, sounds <laughs> Just some gnarly sounds. Uh, yeah, at, at some points, when you when you uh, when you got a heavy breakdown, yeah, I like I like those two. I love those two. But my vocals, um, not my vocals, are my my lyrics. Uh, want to uh, to tell you history and mm -hmm. a story. That's really important for me. I think, um, yeah, Cradle of Filth, for example. Um, Danny is a great composer of of lyrics, and I love to read those because they have their own style. And every single song tells a story, even if you don't uh, listen to the music, just read the lyrics. And I love this. 
so I tried to to focus on the story and of uh, of the style how I put the words together and I think I learned a lot also uh, for my English skills because yeah it's it's not my mother my mother language and yeah yeah for me for me it's important that that it's fluent there are not um yeah some brutal words putting together must it must uh, it must tell the story and it must uh, match to the music so uh, i think that's important first i read the music after that i put the vocals on and then the lyrics on some bands i think uh, they mixed it a little bit first writing the lyrics put the music on for me first music because i'm the i'm the musician and after that i put in the vocals on are you familiar with Japanese folklore, or did you just choose this subject uh, because you're interested in it? Uh, I think the last. I am really interested in uh, Japanese culture. It's a dream of us uh, uh, one time in our lives uh, to go to Japan and maybe play some shows there or just enjoying the culture. I love Japanese food. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So cool. Two, uh, a week ago, uh, spent some time at a ramen restaurant and got loved those Japanese food so good man and yeah those basically all those Japanese uh, theme or Japanese bass music like the uh, new record of Within Destruction with those Japanese uh, Asian trap vibes also super cool yeah I'm a big fan of them and some song, uh, some some song, some songs you uh, will definitely uh, hear the Japanese impact on the album. Every couple of songs, you start to play it. Oh, okay, yeah, we're in Asia, right? <laughs> I like that. Um, is there a reason you guys chose to uh, sing in English? Not sing, I guess, but because uh, every everyone uh, could understand it. Fair enough. Yeah, fair, fair enough. And I think it's one of the best sounding languages. <laughs> German sucks <laughs> in, in, in metal. I'm sorry. I know uh, there are a lot of uh, native German metalcore bands here. Mm -hmm. They're used uh, to sing in German. It's, I, I love everything about it, but it's sometimes, sometimes it sounds so wrong. <laughs> It's it don't match really good. Um, different. Uh, for my opinion, it's it's better to perform in English because uh, I think you have more opinions. The the words sounding much harsher, much more more brutal. But also, I think French is really really cool to uh, to perform metal. French is a really really nice language uh, to go hard with because it's. Such a warm and nice and such a fluent, fluent language. Yeah. And putting this on, on, on tough gutturals, that's heavy. This contrast is so, so good. Yeah. You need to check out um, Pajour. That's uh, that's a French beatdown band. Okay. They used to have some yeah, native French vocals with this typical beatdown voice. That's, Heavy, heavy as fuck, so good. Because the contrast is so interesting. 
And if you got some German potato lyrics, no, please, please don't. <laughs> so we need, we need, uh, yeah, we need those English lyrics, and we are totally fine with it. Do you think everybody that, could understand? Do you think that because German is such a harsh language to begin with, is that one of the reasons that you don't like German in metal? Um, personal feeling, I think. Fair enough. Yeah. Don't 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 sound so so right to me. Yeah. Maybe it is uh, it's the same uh, thing with the Schlager I've mentioned before, because they sing it in German too, and maybe it's it's our our daily language and. I've used uh, to listen to international songs with, with uh, English lyrics, mm -hmm. and don't know it. Don't match for me. Yeah. Are you a fan of a lot of Japanese metal? Um, there are a lot of uh, not a lot. Of, there are quite some bands that I loved to listen to back in the days, and oh, for sure, uh, like Crossfaith. Seen those guys three times, I guess. Really, really cool. The live energy is insane. Have a chance to uh, to see Crossfaith, just do it. You will go away. Will do. And yeah, and uh, Crossfaith. Then uh, I seen Code Rain one time. Also cool band. Then yeah, Crystal Lake. Nothing, nothing. Uh, I, I think I don't say anything about those guys. Crazy. Crystal Lake. They uh, got the award of the best live sound on a concert ever hmm. so well produced sounding exactly the same album quality and live quality great musicians the show is amazing even if you uh, compare festival to club show heavy really really cool super unique style if you put on a song from a second one you know okay it's crystal lake and there, there is something about Japanese bands. They know what they're doing. It's like the Australian uh, bands. Also, you, you, you know, okay, ah, Aussies, okay, yeah, they know what you're doing. And there are also some some brutal Japanese bands that are really really cool. It's just some weird names. All all of these bands have some weird names. I I need to check out. There are one, I think, one slam band out of out of Japan. Maybe later I could I could check. Um, they have some of the uh, typical instruments uh, that are used uh, to be made in Japan. Mm -hmm. They are uh, put into them into the slams. That's a cool contrast. I think yeah, I, I mentioned before it's, it's nearly the same uh, the same riff every time, but with those uh, typical uh, Japanese music in the background. So mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. Have you ever thought of incorporating or sorry, accordion into your music? <laughs> no, <laughs> we're we're not pirate metal. So. <laughs> and, and that's the thing I uh, yeah I part. So got my my uh, my metal band ruins, and I got my project that I love to play the accordion right there. They are a three piece instrumental band accordion. Uh, contrabass, contrabass and uh, piano and that's fine i'm totally fine with it and you just or, keep them completely or, separate yeah yeah we separated them probably and, a good decision for you guys 
<laughs> I can't think of any metal bands that actually have an accordion in it. Uh, you need to check out A-Storm. Okay. I've heard of them, I just haven't really listened to much of them. Yeah, I, I think uh, live, sometimes uh, they have a guitar, and sometimes uh, they got a corn. All those, those um, Pagan or, or pirate metal bands, uh, they used to have a corn in there, some folky stuff. Yeah, it's some super, super cool. Uh, oh, they call Copiclani. You know Copiclani? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, they have a Corgan. Fair enough. Nice. It, yeah. I didn't know that. I haven't listened to them a lot either. So now, um, moving into the release of your album, how are you guys feeling about everything? You guys have obviously finished everything. Oh, it's a hard, was a hard process. Yeah, I, I think. <laughs> The next, the next uh, couple of months or the next year, I uh, don't want to produce an album anymore. It's so much work, you, you could imagine. It's really hard, but we are so proud of it. Because everything was done by by us, by, by all three of us, and yeah, we are proud of every uh, every song on the record. Every song has something special. Um, so when you think of a lot of albums that came out, maybe you could uh, listen to the three singles uh, that was released before, and the rest of the album is just to fill the tracks up. And I think you could uh, listen to every uh, every song on the album for uh, the whole cyclos, or just randomly uh, choose uh, the songs in the order that you want. And we have the feeling when you go to a live show and uh, to see us, you would be sad if uh, if we couldn't play all the songs. And that's a really cool feeling because we love every every song on this album. And we are sad. Do you have any favorites in particular? Who? Uh, hard. Um, the first single we've released, Realm of the All Reading Moon, I think that's one of my favorites. Because there are a lot of symphonic stuff going on. We have the slams. We have some typical melodic death metal elements in there, and some uh, catchy chorus with some melodic shred. And that's one of my favorites. Then I, yeah, especially the hardest song. It's the same on every well, uh, the intro must slam your face away. So. <laughs> Every time we play those intros, we go like, that's, it's... yeah. And uh, there's a song on the album is called uh, Demigod. That's a really tough one. I think it's, it's four, four to five minutes. It's a whole whole breakdown. We go in down tune for some uh, for some parts. Uh, that's the song with Dane Evans. Uh, to the grave he joined the song stupidly heavy and mm -hmm. yeah also uh, there's a song called sabimaru when you go in, uh, when you're a little bit into into bleach in those, in those yeah i was just gonna yeah. say that i recognize yeah. that term yeah yeah okay. it's it, uh, it's it's a sort of uh, of Renji. and yeah, you, you definitely <laughs> Definitely hear what uh, the sword can do <laughs> in the in the first seconds awesome. of the song. Yeah, yeah, it's a really slammy song. 
and yeah, those uh, this song will love love much. Also, we got an instrumental song on the album with some uh, yeah, some atmospheric atmospheric melodies and um, a little battle between me and Matthias, and that's also really cool. Of course, it's a little break between those uh, those heavy songs. Just got an instrumental song. You could lean back and just listen to it. And, and but also, uh, yeah, we love everything. This man, just by listening to you, it's, it's amazing to see the care and attention that you're putting into every little detail. Like you were saying, you've even broken up the music with an instrumental track. Yeah. Um, you have an entire story. It's it seems like a pretty well put together package. Yeah, I I, uh, I, I take the time to, uh, for every song. I started uh, the first songs. I think I I wrote. I, I need the time. Uh, one two two months. Even I I say okay, this song is finished. Some bands say they produce a lot of songs like. One week, one song, ready, next one. That's not working for me because I love spending uh, time on details and adding some some effects. And I need uh, to have, uh, oh, how do you call it? In Germany, we say Roter Faden, the red, the red line. Is it, is it, mm -hmm. is it a, thing, a thing? Yeah, I need uh, to do the red line in, our, in my songs. That it's not riff, riff next to riff it's a whole big thing whole big story a big theme and that's that's really important uh, for me so there are a lot of time <laughs> going through when i compose these songs and i think you uh, you you will recognize when you hear it do you think a lot of that um or do you think part of the reason that you're so meticulous is because of your musical background I think yes, yeah. Because uh, when I need to uh, to learn some, um, when I need to learn something for music school, when I need to play, uh, when I need to play some songs, uh, I used to to put a lot of effort in time for practicing, like piano or accordion. And for example, there are some uh, some songs. I need to practice half a year to to play them live, and in these this rhythm I put in my songwriting. So because I focused on detail much, and yeah, that's for sure. I could definitely say this. Yeah, hmm. that's really cool. Um... I know you've already touched on it, but you mentioned uh, Dane Evans of To The Grave. Yep. Um, I don't know how to say his last name, but Alan, <laughs> yeah. Alan something of instant. I don't know his last name. I don't want to butcher Gringer, it. Gringer, I think. Yeah. Gringer? Okay. Yeah. yeah, that looks a lot harder than it is to actually pronounce it, I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> um, my question here is, how is it working with other vocalists, and how did you get these guys on board? Yeah, it's... Uh... After uh, after I talk about the others, I, I need to mention that there was a thing that was really hard, because where we needed to do a, a last last second change in this lineup, because there was one vocalist that was not too cool to work with, 
Um, yeah, first, uh, Alan, super, super cool. So, uh, so chilly to work with this guy. Um, I think Jonas, uh, our former drummer, talked to him private and said, yeah, our band got a new song. You would, uh, would love a feature, would, would like to feature you. And so, yeah, sure, no problem. Just, uh, just studio codes and send me the, uh, the file that you, that you want to have. And basically, that's it. Super, super cool. relaxed. And he done really, really well. Uh, then we got uh, Kilian. Kilian is, um, we met him at yeah, Death Feast at the, uh, at the Slam Festival and uh, saw him twice with his band Untethered. It's okay. some, oh, how do you describe, some slamming deathcore mix that they're doing. And he's a, damn, he's really really good vocalist it's an underground band but definitely needs much more attention his vocal style is awesome um he featured on the track nocturnal uh, breed and there we've prepared um like a little duet he has his own part in the middle of the song at the end of the song uh we got a duet between him and our our vocalist hagen that's really cool to compare those two and they're matching so good together and yeah that was really nice too was um i mentioned the uh the scene the slam scene and the the deathcore scene uh we are pulling so so much together and yeah the um conversation with him was so easy and he said yeah and this time you get this this time you get this uh he could uh, he answer all our questions really really well and tries to yeah, put a lot of effort in his part. And that was really, really nice. A cool guy to work with. And yes, then we got yeah, CJ McCurry, ex Lonashore, mm -hmm. ex of the Swarm. We are big, big CJ fans right here. A lot, it's uh, kind of different because one half hates him, one half loves him at this time. Um, for us, we still love this guy, and I don't know um, if you checked out his statement. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I read a little bit about it. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, everyone can have an opinion on it, but sure. as far as I'm aware, everything was just allegations, and um, there was a statement made, and there was no follow up. Yeah, so exactly. Until there is, I'm not making any opinion. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, we respect him so much as a musician. And mm -hmm. he's one of the vocalists. If you hear him, you know it's him. And mm -hmm. love his style so much. He's he's so nasty with his vocals. <laughs> and super nice to work with him. So friendly and big love, big shout out to CJ McDury. Damn, it was a, an honor to, to work with you and we're so proud to have you on uh, the last track of our album. I think that's, that's the song with the most contrast because it's <laughs> it, it kind of have a Parkway sing-along from a style because it's, it's, it's so melodic and after that CJ came in and smacked the shit out of her face. It's <laughs> So, so cool. Yeah, super nice uh, to work with him, to write with him. Everything goes so super. Quality was on point. 
And yeah, nice messaging. Super lovely guy. Love him. Yeah. Much kisses. Go out him. And yeah, <laughs> the, last, the last one oh, it was uh, that's the thing I, I mentioned before. Uh, we used to ask uh, Kyle Anderson of Band of Sacrifice. We uh, contacted him with, uh, is it called Featured X? This website with, um, uh, who, who, uh, who offers uh, vocal features. Yeah, that was hmm. uh, the first time we uh, we go with this website. The other vocalists, we asked them personally, write them on Instagram or something like that. Um, yeah, for this, we, we, pur we purchased the vocalist on this website. And yeah, don't know how to say, but it uh, <laughs> doesn't happen. Yeah, because uh, the communication was not so good. Uh, we contacted him in in March. 2K21, and even still, we got uh, 2K22. He never been able to send us the files. That really sucked. And hmm. yeah, at this point, so we started um, um, what do called uh, all for help on Instagram. So yeah, we need some uh, some fill and spot. Because our last guest vocalist, yeah, he, he couldn't because of his tours, uh, he, he catch up with Corona and yeah, communication really was bad. Don't don't um, respond on messages really well on Instagram and on this website. So yeah, we decided uh, to do something new because uh, we need to put out this record really soon. And at this point, uh, Dane Evans messaged us. So, we, uh, we talked to him on Instagram. He said, oh, damn, dudes, uh, your message was in my spam uh, folder. Oh, no. <laughs> so happy uh, so happy uh, to found your message. I'm in. So, so nice and lovely person. We're so proud to have him because we are also big to the Grave fans. His vocals are insane. And, yeah, so kind uh, that he understands that we need help and yeah yes and so so cool to have him on board and so he wants uh, at this point he, he even uh, wanted to have money for that and how, how crazy is that such a lovely person and yeah also great communication with him and he put a lot of effort on his vocals as well and yeah i think all of those four features are great for their own um, it's impressive that you have such big names on your first album but it, i think for me it's also really cool to hear how cool these guys were in person yeah for sure they are uh, not not so cocky that they are um they think ah it's, it's a small band we don't want to work with them we just work with uh, with big names and that's one cool thing about these uh more aggressive scene like like brutal deathcore like uh, like slam etc. You could, um, I think you could basically have everyone on your record, and everyone would be nice to you. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, the thing that is most important is the music. When they enjoy their parts and they go, yeah, that's heavy. Yeah, yeah, it could, it could fit. Then they're in. And 
seems to be like uh, they enjoy our, <laughs> our our music as much as we do and so they we joining forces and team up with them I'm excited to hear more of the tracks. I've only heard the ones that you've released uh, publicly. <laughs> yeah, um, I think when when this podcast is out, uh, there one more single dropping. Yeah, and that's uh, that will be the title track, Shinigami, with another music video on Slam World White. And yeah, basically, then you got the whole album. And you guys are dropping, let me just see here. Um, this one will be on March 1st. So you guys are dropping there on the 4th, if I remember correctly. Yeah, okay, Friday. Perfect. Exactly. So that's not too much longer to wait. That's nice. Mm -hmm. I know I'm going to change gears quite a bit here, but I want to chat about body mods a little bit. Yeah, sure. So um, on your promo picks, you have the one member who doesn't have, it doesn't look like he has any tattoos, but he has no piercings or anything. <laughs> when are you going to get him on board? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we're just like a final round. Uh, when we play live, uh, live shows, he needs uh, to have some some uh, tattoo arms <laughs> that you could that you could buy on your local on your local store <laughs> when you go to Carnival or something. Yeah, um, he came from um, uh, I think more from the punk scene. There are a lot of uh, they're a great band here in Germany. It's called Die Ärzte. Maybe you know you know them. No. I know nothing about punk. Okay, yeah, uh, it was his thing, like some some punky stuff, and uh, he's an uh, engineer, and I, I I don't want to front him. All all of us we are strange. <laughs> he's he's uh, the 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 nerdy technical guy, I think, and so. Not uh, when we met him, met up with him, um, he was quite not so deep into the scene, I think. No, much more, and for sure, he want to get soon. And yeah, but uh, Hagen and me are the main two boys that are covered, <laughs> covered in ink, I think. Yeah, so with your uh, with your ears. How did you stretch them and did it hurt? I, I mean, I don't have, <laughs> I have had one of my ears pierced my eyebrow, but um, I uh, never really learned about the tunnels. Yeah. Um, uh, you put some, after you, you get pierced, you put some, some bigger uh, stick. Mm -hmm. yeah, stick through it. Go from millimeter to millimeter and uh, for myself, after the, every time, so you, you could do it by yourself, or you go to uh, to a local uh, piercing store. That's what I decided to do, because uh, when you don't do it, uh, the there are some risks. Yeah, that something could go wrong, and there was a thing uh, a piercer said to me. If you don't go to us or make it by yourself and make something wrong, uh, when you put them out, your your ear holes look like a bottle of a cat. <laughs> I don't want to have this, so yeah, I've decided to, uh, to make them bigger by uh, my local by my local piercer. Mm -hmm. uh, I go to uh, to ten millimeters. After that, I put some locks in there. 
to have some weight. Yep. And after that, uh, stretching was really easy for me. I uh, not have so so big ears, uh, 20 millimeters. Uh, our front um, has a uh, double size. Yeah, they're yeah. huge. 40, yeah, 40, 40. Uh, in his eyes, not huge. <laughs> I think we, we played once with a band. I think he got 50 or 60 millimeters. He was like, oh, this dude got bigger ears than, than me. That's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a thing here, yeah. Do you feel the weight? Uh, okay. It's, it's like I, I'm not feeling not not feeling tattooed, for example. Mm -hmm. Both of my arms uh, are full, and I think I think you could uh, you could imagine it too. Mm -hmm. Your 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 arm oh, yeah. is tattooed too. Both, both got, yeah. I've got both my arms. Uh, yeah, I've got like my chest and my back is all done too. Yeah, my back is uh, also in the making too. Yeah, nice. but when when I'm going uh, outside. Feeling like, yeah, I'm, I'm tattooed. Yeah, I'm, I'm a tough guy. Mm -hmm. It's it's part of my uh, part of myself, part of my body, and nothing changed. I think it's 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 part of myself. And same with the ears, feeling the weight, or like uh, the septum mm -hmm. that I have. How did the pain from stretching compare to being tattooed? <laughs> Ooh, I think stretching was easy. Uh, the not much not much hurt um same for the uh, for my my nose ring um yeah just one tiny tear <laughs> but, but it was okay uh i think the most uh, the most hurt i got um my um uh, both sides of the upper body because uh, left and right i got a venom of uh, of marvel Nice. And the blue, uh, a dark art style of the blue as white dragon of GBO. And these uh, two two sides are quite tough. And I think you you could imagine because your back is tattooed too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, back has uh, something special. <laughs> the gray, especially the gray lines, are uh, are really hard. Yeah. I think Venom would be pretty intense too because he's a he's just a straight color. That's a lot of work. Ben, ben, time. Uh, we uh, we split it up in two two sessions, uh, like uh, four hours and four hours, so a total of eight. Okay. Uh, split in, in in two sessions, and yeah, it's not really well. That's much more manageable than sitting for eight hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, even when you go to uh, to the rib section, yeah, that's that's kind of hard, but. If you want to have a tattoo, or if you want to get tattooed, so you need to handle the pain. And after that, you're happy uh, that that you could fix it and that you have it on your body. So the pain is temporary. For me, it's yeah. For me, for me, it's for me, it's uh, like uh, you go to the, to a barbier because uh, I also talk so so much with my with my tattoo artists, and we we have a lot of fun. We're laughing a lot, and that stands over the pain yeah it's like like, like an expensive puppy yeah That's, yeah you're yeah. literally paying somebody to torture you sure <laughs> <laughs> like like the hair or like on my skin yeah the tattoos, exactly. yeah i don't know about the hair i don't have much uh experience in that uh, 
I find that one of the biggest things or one of the coolest things about going and getting tattooed is like you have that relationship with the artist. Um, you can have conversation, yeah. conversations or not. And then if you choose not to speak, it's, it's not an awkward silence. Everything's fine. Yeah. I got, um, I think, I think one uh, artist I, I've been able not to talk a lot. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, cause of some, uh, some speaking barriers cause, uh, he was from, Bruxelles, yeah. Uh, next, next to, next to, uh, next to France. Okay. And yeah, Bruxelles, I, I think. And uh, he's uh, he's called how is called uh, Lenitus Fay. Maybe you know him. I don't. Yeah, uh, he is uh, famous for his uh, dark art style, and yeah, he's speaking a lot of French. And my French is not so fluent anymore after school, and. Yeah, next he puts on some of his favorite music and sometimes you look up everything right yeah okay so let's go on and but it's totally fine as you mentioned and uh also this was a very uh very fast session this was the tattoo that also not so much it was on my uh on my on my shin on my on my on my um right right shin and Ocean was being tattooed in two hours. Two hours. That's not bad at all. Yeah, that he was really fast, and it's a lot of a lot of black, a lot of dark art. Uh, it's um, it's his own interpretation of Obelisk, the, uh, the Tormentor from Yu-Gi-Oh, and he, I, th- I think, twenty minutes. He just uh, yeah, stamp his uh, his outlines in. After 20 minutes, everything was ready, and then came the uh, the shadowing and something like that. And he he made a really cool uh, <laughs> a really cool line uh, before we were getting started. I need to apologize. I'm really rough, but I'm really fast, and I think this describes his style of tattooing very very well. <laughs> yeah, I don't care if the artist is fast. Like they can be fast as they want, as long as the the image is quality. I don't care. Yeah. Sure. If you're going to rush through it and it looks like shit afterwards, we're going to have an issue. Sure, sure. But he was um, he was really fast, and the quality is amazing. It's, it's I think, one of the best uh, tattoos that I've owned. And uh, you sometimes um, some tattoo artists are really uh, they care about about the skin and are really soft. And this guy is like he has a scratching book. And just put there, put his lines there. It was special, yeah. But really, really cool. I'm looking forward uh, when he returned to Germany one time. I need the shin. Mm. It was super, super nice. Yeah. And so you have different tattoo artists um, that you've worked with before. Yeah. Okay. So uh, both of, both of my arms are done by Jana. Uh, she was. Well, she she yeah she was a great tattoo artist uh, during Corona. She decided uh, to break up with her work because uh, she recognized that uh, she don't uh, miss the work anymore. Because some of customers are yeah quite difficult. Imagine. That's a nice way. Um, yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, well, she said it, it's she she's bad for for uh, for me and for other nice guys uh, who came up and we talk a lot. I think 
<laughs> in in our tattoo sessions. Yeah, mainly I I know more about her sex life than her uh, than her boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really cool um, um, to to talk with her, and she made both of my arms and one side uh, of my upper body, and now she is um, got a art or animal therapist or something like that. Something totally different but mm -hmm. I think it will, it will, uh, she will make her own way also super super cool and nice person and after that I'll uh, try some uh, some guest tattooist art by Glenny from Brussels. Uh, and now I'm uh, in the Stechberg in Berlin Spandau and yeah, I used to go to Steffi greetings <laughs> and yeah now she's done uh, the other, the left side of my upper body, and now she's doing a full back piece. I'm really, really happy uh, to be with her. Cool person, really nice humor. We're laughing a lot at our uh, sessions, and yeah, the quality for itself, really, really cool. Getting tattooed uh, two, two swans, dark art style on my back. One black and one white swan, and looking amazing. I'm really, really forward when it's finished. Yeah. How do you choose what to put on your body permanently? I started uh, at the age of 19, I guess, and at this point, I'm really into it needs to have a meaning because it's, uh, it's on my body for yeah forever. And for now, <laughs> when I like a, a motive and think, yeah, that's unique, that's cool, that's that fits on my style, I put it on my body. <laughs> so a, a, a lot of a lot changed on that. So my first arm is, uh, I think, really planned. Every motive, every tattoo has its own meaning, and the other one is more, I think, more aesthetically. And I like all the motives, but there are no meaning behind them. Because it, uh, well, I think the only uh, the main meaning or the the only meaning that that is in this is uh, that 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 I like it and that represents my style and my um, yeah my 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 relationship to those tattoo artists that I put my trust into them. Yeah, I think that's a good way to describe it. And for sure, I I, I need uh, I check if it's something that everyone has, because yeah, you could imagine there are a lot of lot of clocks or uh, lions or hourglasses and something like that, all the uh, the stuff that everyone gets tattooed, and yeah, just want to have some unique stuff. Yeah, especially. I must like it. Everyone else, yeah, don't know. They could, they could love it. They could hate it. It's okay. I am the one uh, who has it on her skin, and I must like it. Yep. If that's it, everything is fine. I think. Yeah. I had, um, I got my first couple tattoos before I was eighteen, and so they were on my back. They were just smaller ones. Yeah. Um, somehow I convinced my parents to let me and at the time some artists would allow you with parental permission 
Not so, with my parents. <laughs> I'm surprised they let me. And also because I was so young, I picked shitty tattoos. So I had, um, I don't know, for lack of a better description, it was almost like a tribal dragon. And I had two small ones on my shoulder blades. Yeah. Um, so after getting my first sleeve completed, I walked into a hospital and I saw a guy with almost the same dragon on his neck. And yeah. that's that was my instant decision to get my back completely fucking covered. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I'm not having this shit in my body if that guy has the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But in Germany, um, also, I think that's uh, that's the reason uh, where you could uh, recognize or where you could see, okay, that's a good studio. Because you got a good, uh, a good tattoo artist. He never, ever uh, copied the work of something other or uh, put the same motive on two different persons. Maybe... If, Maybe if you're siblings or uh, or twins or something or, or some couple shit or something like that. Yeah, if it was planned for sure. Yeah, yeah, that, this is planned. Yeah, but not uh, as uh, a sell selling motive or sellout motive. Okay, dragon one, dragon two, dragon three, dragon four. It's nice to be able to go to the artist and just give them like a concept. But I'm sure you did the same thing with like your album art. Yeah, sure. That's so cool because uh, when I when I get with the idea up and given to the artist that was with my back. I just uh, discovered um, an, an, an artist in St. Petersburg from Russia, Ale Alexandra, or how? don't know, don't know her. And uh, she got those those two swans in, in her own style. Okay. That's cool. Maybe my artist could do it in her own way to make it unique. I, I love the idea of those two swans, uh, those black and those white, like the evil and the good one. And she's, uh, she's, uh, she sees it. She saw it. She saw it. And same like me. Yeah, that's that's cool. That's really unique idea. I I could do it for my own. And maybe you like it. Maybe you like it not. And I came back the day I got this thing tattooed on my back. And that's the first day she uh, she's, uh, she showed uh, the uh, the final sketch to me. I was totally blown away. So amazing, so unique, and also the thing I just want to have those two swans. That's always a nice uh, a nice uh, nice feeling to see when the artists uh, go for um, how do you describe it is. Uh, Put their put their own into the idea, so you see. Okay, that's the artist. Yep. I'm fortunate enough. Like, um, so <clears throat> jumping back into tattoos after I realized that my tattoos were crap, um, I I had like a small <laughs> Pac-Man tattoo done by this uh, by an artist that I really enjoy. His name is Jesse Fizeki, and so after I realized that him and I meshed pretty well, he's done everything else on my body now. So it's nice to have that one consistent style everywhere. Mm. Yeah, for sure. All right, Max. Um, is there anything else you'd like to cover yeah. today? To cover today. So let me let me check your your questions. <laughs> ah, yeah. Uh, what what we have done? Maybe. So as I. As I've uh, already mentioned in the introduction, I hope I hope my English isn't that bad, and 
Yeah, I think I could I could check your German skills as well, if you like. <laughs> oh, my German skills are horrendous. I okay. promise you that. So what what do you know in German? <laughs> Nothing really. And this is the worst part is because I actually did a few German classes uh, at the beginning of university. Okay. But in not using any of it, I've lost pretty much everything I learned. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what's uh, the things that you recognize or that you, um, you've been able to recover? You know, I'm extremely ignorant with this, but um, basically she taught us <laughs> how to say, hi, how are you? So like the form of wie geht es Ihnen and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, there was one time the, 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 devil's, yeah. <laughs> the devil horns, the pomace gavel. Yeah, it's super good. The pomace gavel. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much yeah. it for uh, so, the extent of my German knowledge at this point. Cool. Super cool. Yeah. So maybe I could, I could think, what could I teach you? Even if you. So uh, when you're at the restaurant, I think uh, you like beer? For sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, beer. So, so um, when you're in a restaurant and uh, you want uh, to order beer, you could say, "Ich möchte ein klares helles." Jesus Christ! <laughs> Start again. <laughs> ich möchte. Ich möchte. Okay. Ein klares. Ein Glas. Ein klares. 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 klares okay. Helles. Helles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, your pronunciation is great. Super good. Klares Helles means uh, like a normal, like a normal pills, like a, like a normal beer. Okay. Beer, clear beer, clear and a bright, flu the fluent gold. Klares Helles. Yeah. So you also knew French, though, right? What? Uh, sorry, I French. Meant, uh, yeah, you also knew French. A little bit. Yeah, I got uh, four years at school. Je parle un petit peu. Yeah, there it starts. There are a lot of words I could understand, but I couldn't use it. If you put something in front of me that uh, talk French to me, I think I would uh, I would say uh, the whole time yes, 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 yes. But I couldn't I couldn't uh, respond very well. I could understand these persons, but. Mm -hmm. Responding is quite different. I need to practice much, much more. Also, I need to practice English much more. So I'm happy to, uh, to talk with you for one hour forty right now, and yeah, quite tough. Uh, it's interesting too that uh, people who are learning English as a second language, um, even just in my short yeah. experience here with the podcast, I've noticed a lot of people. Um, are quite humble with their level of English, but they're so much okay. better than what they think. And if their roles were reversed, my German would be absolute shit. Yeah, I uh, I try my best, but yeah, but, but, but I, I try my I try my best, and well, I hope it's I, I hope uh, yeah. Now I'm I'm stuttering. <laughs> I hope it's not uh, too I I hope it's not too hard. To understand what I'm trying to say, because one thing that's really what's what's really hard uh, when I talk in English, my my head uh, translate everything from German to English. That's the hard thing. When I uh, when I'm used to talk English much more, like I think uh, three or four days in a row, then I start uh, to think in English. That's the point I must reach, so that I could everything um, everything say in English, and I translate it. Not even translated. I have it 
in my mind in English. So that uh, that's the point. I need to practice much more. I don't even used to be. What's this word? What's this word? For example, the vocabulary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's that was one point at the songwriting that was also really hard because I know a lot of words, but um, the cool thing about English uh, English language is that you have a lot of different meanings for one word, and that's so nice because you get a lot of different options for writing lyrics. Even when you go to yeah, right, yeah. and and I mean my my second subject on uh, on university is uh, German language and also um, some some theoretical stuff when you write your own poems or your own texts alliterations when you start both uh, both lines with an A for example and with with the uh, uh, first letters listen to your lyrics you got your own uh, same melody your own unique uh, speaking melody that's so nice and also this point i use uh, to to put into the lyrics and to do it in english is one uh quite different thing when you're not uh when it's not your mother language but i focus on it a lot so i put a lot of effort in those vocals also in, in my english skills mm -hmm. and i hope it uh yeah i hope it worked well, like I had zero problems understanding you, and I, I can't imagine any English-speaking country where you'd have any problems. That's so nice to hear. Thank you so much. No problem. From a native speaker, from a native speaker, it's uh, the biggest compliment. Look, you did all the hard work, and when it comes to native tongue, I stutter a lot. So don't even worry about it. <laughs> Not you as well. <laughs> yeah. So, what else we could we could just. Maybe what also is um, is important. You mentioned um, one thing that our uh, feature guests are even yeah even have the um, how we call it. They want to work with us even as we are a smaller band, mm -hmm. and yeah, that's the point. How to get to this next level from a small local band. To some band to yeah climbing much more i think that's a that's a cool question to talk about Because you need to put a lot of time into that what you what you're gonna do and try to be i always mentioned to, uh, to be unique and to to do your own stuff that's one really important thing you, you need you need to do the thing what you love and not to copy someone else and not to uh, try to fit in uh, the the wave of mainstream that is now on spotify and co if there is something that is really uh pump, pumping right now you don't need to uh, to fix it uh, you don't know uh, you don't need to uh to fix in there or to fit in there because when you do your thing that you love uh, when you do when you do it right and when you put all your emotions and your your uh love into this it will work because the people here that you put a lot of work into it and after that next to this uh this effort you put in your music you, for sure you need to to take uh, nowadays it is 
it's it's a big thing you need to put some some money it is what it is and um, need to go to a good studio that's one hard uh, one hard thing even the newcomer bands have so good productions it's heavy it's it's so hard uh, to to take the step before them to to be unique and uh the people that are listening to it say wow that's a heavy production why they're why they're so unpopular right now um so you need a good studio and that's the reason uh, we teamed up also with those great names to have them on our first record uh that the people know okay they're playing with some uh some big fish in the game and uh, check them out uh, also our our album artwork uh, we teamed up with Lordigan. Mm-hmm. he uh maybe you know him Lordigan. Lordigan, he's heard the name but i don't know yeah, too, too much he's, uh, the main designer for example um he do some covers for ingested for brand of sacrifice for visions of disfigurement for mental cruelty um yeah all those all those big names and amazing artist was also a very very big pleasure uh, to work with us and i think he finished um, his uh, his artwork in one month and we tell him the, the idea behind it um like we want to have some some big some big hollow of the shigami universe and in front of us the the death angel like the japanese style but with uh, the brandenburg gate of berlin was our hometown and he was so so amazed by this idea yeah that's super cool never done it before let's make it and yeah, we're so proud of this uh of this artwork as well and i think also artworks are so important a lot of bands uh don't put so much attention uh, on the artwork uh, especially when you do, when you do some heavy stuff like brutal death or slam all the artworks are so amazing and well we, we want to have some some boring shit like also logo and maybe some blurring out uh in the bag and just the title and that's it yeah we need something that's up and into your eyes there's also a lot of incredible detail i'm just looking at it here yeah um yeah there's a lot of detail in in your album cover it's pretty cool yeah yeah love this love this and um also we we teamed up with scott rudd to make our uh, the last lyric video so he used all these details to uh, to put this focus on and those two are the best tag team ever i think scott rudd and lord again when these two guys work together the the result is uh, every time it's amazing yeah so we are really happy i'm excited to see the whole product this is going to be cool um do you guys have like a booklet with more art inside of it too uh yeah we got uh, we will have a booklet uh, with all the lyrics mm-hmm. and, and stuff into it and uh we focus on the details on the on the album art but uh, some close-ups in our album in our album awesome. yeah. yeah i'm stoked to see that this is cool actually this is one of the cooler album covers i've seen recently as well oh thank you thank you so much i love it I, i've always loved the the japanese like the asian type yeah. um spin on a lot of things and this is like like you were talking about bleach and i when i heard shinigami the first thing i thought of was death note so instantly i was a fan of yeah it. yeah we were, we were just yeah <laughs> But I think that I think I think then I think then you will you will I think then you will like our title track very very much. Oh man, 
I'm sure I'll uh, like I like what I've heard already, so I'm excited to see the rest of it. Where you uh, when you when you uh, when you think that our uh, latest single um, "Son of Pestilence" is is, uh, is heavy, then <laughs> let's check out the other stuff. Uh, there are much 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 more to come. Also, uh, I mentioned uh, those melodic stuff before. There's so much more melody and so much more ambience and some yeah arc deep shit and also some some crushing crushing breakdowns and the whole composement of dark and symphonic stuff and yeah yeah also I'm, I'm, we are all so proud of it and love every song and we're stoked uh, to your opinion when you listen to that one of the coolest things about this this conversation for me is um just to see the amount of passion that comes out from your side of things like it's very obvious yeah we all uh, i think that's uh that's because of the whole of the whole process that the album taken a lot of sweat a lot of tears it was the first time for me uh in a professional studio and our uh our engineer uh, our producer is He's, he's a great guy of Shale from OLS Productions. Um, he knows what he's doing and he's a great mentor for me. Uh, especially, I've, I've never uh, visited school for playing guitar and uh, he teaches me so much things in the studio. Well, I, I need much longer than I've, uh, that, that I've expected, but um, it was okay. The quality of the music and of the recording you hear it it was so much worth and yeah we put so much things together also the the vocal tracking with hagen it was a lot of sweat <laughs> we damn we sometimes we we battle us so much you need one more time one more time one, oh, fuck you one more time one more time you could do it better one more time and after that i came to dude i'm, I'm so sorry i apologize so much but uh you will hear it was worth it. No, no problem. I need to be uh, punched in the face from you uh, to push myself to the next level. And we are so proud that we that we uh, have done it. And I think for the next EP we're planning, um, things will be very uh, much much more easier because that was our first new uh, experience. And next to this thing. We're so proud that we that we've made it and that we have this album so as it sounds right now because this is the point. This is the point that we are right now, and now we could uh, take the next step. Yeah. Well, I mean, even releasing a your first album is a huge step. Yeah, for sure, for sure. We also have the opportunity uh, to to work with management. Um, they connected us after um, after we uh, we got labeled from Rising Nemesis Records, and they also wanted to um, to put much more time to it, uh, but we decided to uh, to refuse the request because uh, we wanted to do it for our own and. Uh, to, to settle things up, to first to implement the music to, to the community, to, to build up the community. After that, we could 
maybe imagine to work with a bigger label or with a bigger management. Mm -hmm. And first, the first thing we need to do is uh, to put music, to music out that uh, that is us. So maybe uh, you recognize uh, we take everything away from from YouTube, from uh, from Instagram, from uh, from Spotify and co. Uh, that was metalcore because we couldn't identify with it anymore. There are also a couple of uh, CDs left for those old school lovers, and yeah. Also, for sure, out of our history, I got it on my on my uh, on my laptop. Also, I got a, a CD here because it was the first thing of us who was pressed. It's really cool, but it yeah, basically it's it doesn't fit anymore. And yeah, we or we uh, we're getting started bigger and bigger. We need to implement our music and we implement so that we could show uh, the community this is us. This is Death Chorus, this is what we can do. We have a whole album for you, take a listen, and yeah, let's make the next journey together. And do you guys have any tours planned? Any tours? Uh, yeah, I think there's one big word, Corona. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> that, makes it, that makes it impossible for us. But especially our, uh, our release show was canceled. Oh, no. um, yeah, that sucks. And also here in Berlin, the community, uh, they wanted to see us so badly because uh, there, there was a break for a one and a half year. Now, nearly two years that we've played live. And I mean, it's the first time with our new vocalist live. It's the first time with our new drummer live. Uh, we got a completely uh, programmed light show, a new... Uh, live setup and the live sound and the live quality is amazing and we are so stoked to play live and yeah at this point we don't know when it's about to happen so yeah we need to uh, we need to wait and we need uh, to check the the pandemic situation but it's gonna happen. We love to tour for uh, first. We need to to Germany, and then also we would love to go abroad, other countries, maybe to Canada. <laughs> that was I great. Definitely that see you, for sure. Yeah. Oh, man, that was, that would be cool. I think yeah. the only downside to playing in a country as big as Canada is because we don't have much. We don't have a very high population. Yeah. And so if you're spending a lot of time driving, um, yeah, it's it's a long road. Yeah, but also, uh, also know your your country from <laughs> fame on me. Uh, uh, how I met your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings to Robin. Yep. And um, yeah, also I think, but but you also have cool bands like Brand of Sacrifice or like um, the Agonist or something like that. They're really really cool bands. Yeah, there's a lot of incredible metal coming from Canada. It's, I mean, east to west, there's a lot of good stuff. Yeah. So definitely, definitely on my bucket list uh, to visit your country with with my band or just just meet my girlfriend. I don't know. Um, well, if you guys are ever in uh, in the city or in the in the province, let me know. Yeah, cool. Let's have a beer together. That would be great. Yeah, that'd be great. Awesome. Max, it was wonderful to meet you. Uh, thank you for all this perspective and sure. um, 
just running running through everything with me. It's clear that you you're a very passionate person. You're talented, and uh, clearly you're smart, especially in the music realm. Thank you so much. It was also a pleasure uh, to talk to you. Very kind person, and yes, the first experience of a. a international i could say an international podcast uh yep. feeling great feeling great not uh, confronted uh not much pressure on myself so yeah it was really nice to talk with you and yeah thank you thank you thank you so so much for the opportunity um, to present our music no i thanks thanks for the opportunity to for me as well um for anyone looking for your music where's the best place for them to go for you guys uh, i think on youtube Okay. So you get you get something uh, something some visuals. Well, uh, you see us uh, face to face, and yeah, for sure, uh, Instagram. Instagram is uh, the main thing right now. Uh, you could uh, also connect Facebook too. Uh, just uh, check out our Spotify. Uh, the whole album will be there. Spotify, Deezer, um, music, etc. Streaming platforms. And uh, yeah, put our songs into your playlist, uh, pump that shit up because right now um, the current music industry is based on Spotify clicks and yeah, we definitely need those to yeah. the next level. So if you want to support us, so check out our Spotify, it costs you anything, please uh, follow us, support us. If you want to have some uh, sick merch, so go to our merch store. It's uh, linked in our link tree at our bio on Instagram, and yeah, and you will find it. Um, some cool merch. Uh, Pre-order our new album. We're shipping worldwide, and yes. So nothing more to say. I think you know how it's gonna work. You know how the game's going. Uh, if you like the smaller bands, uh, even even smaller, bigger bands. If you like the music, uh, show them some love. We are grateful for every single fan around the world, not even in Germany. We're so proud that uh, we have fans in the USA, even now in Canada. Thank you so much. And yeah, just follow around and let's make things big together. We have uh, much more planned. Also, a new EP is in the making right now. And yeah, it will be great. Yeah, exactly. March 4th, Friday, March 4th of this year. Looking forward to it. Uh, it's our very, very first full-length album. And yeah, let, let us let us know uh, if you like it, share it, and subscribe. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next time on Gyro Nation Metal. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. The podcast can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you would like to support this podcast, please consider checking out my Patreon. Thank you.